0: Hello, you're listening to Radio Taiwan International. I'm your host, Sharon Lin, and welcome back to my show, Last Debatable. The sound of ocean waves, gusts of wind that bring the smell of sea salt. A scene for most people means vacation. For many of the political victims of the white terror era in Taiwan, this was the last taste of freedom before entering the jail cells of Green Island. The jail was called Oasis Villa. The sound you just heard was recorded by me from my trip to Green Island last June. This coastline was just right outside of Oasis Villa. My guest Fred Himsanchen, Chen Qingshen, detailed his story of being one of the many political victims during the white terror era in his powerful book, Facing the Calamity. This is part two of our interview, where we will follow Fred's memory back into the cells on Green Island, and how he transformed all this darkness into light when freedom finally found him after his 12 years in prison. During your sentence in Green Island, which was brutal, and the conditions in the cell was so bad either summer or winter every season is hard i know that another being that kept you going was someone called little flower could you yeah. share with us the story of little flower Actually, i've
1: been there working as a daytime laborer for a couple of years mm. so after i found myself back after i changed my attitude i went for they asked me to go out for uh, in, in the beginning i was i was i was kept in the library in the library i started to pick up my chinese my mandarin so i said if i want to be strong if i want to tell my story if i want to work after my release to find my way of life so i have to learn something so i have chinese is mentoring is very important but at the time i have I, I already have a kind of feelings that i will not be allowed to go back to my home country malaysia and then the last couple of years about three to four years i work at, at the kitchen during the kitchen one of the guard uh, brought in two puppies I saw the puppies and I just, I just asked the guard can I keep the, the puppies for you because I love dogs I can take good care of them and then the guard said okay of, definitely you can because you work at the kitchen we can feed them well so I was so 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 happy for to, to have the puppies with me mm. so at the time uh, because I was told that to not speak anything in your heart mm. because there might be some kind of informer might still assisting in our group, mm. he might uh, report to the prison chief, so mm. that you might ended up in certain kind of uh, what is disaster or something. Yeah, like. yeah. Actually, surveillance. Yeah, actually, at that time, I don't think they would have anything like this because something happened during the nineteen fifties. The the so called the uh, the what is the surveillance in, in the jail. So they've been after that uh, about sixteen people been uh, executed, mm-hmm. so that they are afraid because those people who has already been in jail, been in, in jail for more than twenty years ago. The, 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 the experience of those kind of voices are t- a fear so they always mm. have uh, not to say anything inside your heart yeah. especially don't criticising the government to say something bad about the government yeah. don't say anything about that and
0: basically anything if they if they wanted to they can just frame everything you said uh, you yes. do as a form yes. of your yes. rebelling against the government from what I know all the darkness and torture you went through the, the puppy little flower got you through yes. it so much yes. and it's, I, I know you still miss her so much because you couldn't yes. get back to Green Island after you release released to, to bring her home yes. One thing that's very important is, so there was a so-called New Life Correction Center on Green Island in Green Island Prison for political prisoners What exactly did you have to do?
1: Actually the Green Island recorded a, well, a New Life Correction Center is starting from 1951, uh, 1951 until 1965 and then after that, because of certain kind of uh, what is it, uh, they sent back uh, those prisoners to the Taiwan prison at uh, Taiwan. Mm. And then after that, nineteen seventy seventy uh, around the nineteen seventy, there was uh, a prison kind of escape or something that killing someone. Mm. So they put, uh, they built another build built another prison at Green Island, which is so called the so-called the OS Villa. Yeah, Villa. The Oasis Villa is what we been there. I've been there starting from 1972 until 1987. Uh, before that, uh, during the nineteen fifty and then uh, until 1965, they call it New Life Correction Center. They uh, they, 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 they were similar to yeah, so, what is this concentration yeah. camp. So they have to work in the day times, and then in the afternoon, they might have certain kind of a political brainwashing.
0: Hands down brainwashing. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, something like that. But it, during our time, during the OSS really not we do not have that. We, okay. we can't leave the walls because uh, OSS really is a high war prison. We can't mm. leave the war at all. So there were not much work for us to do. So most of the prisoners stay in cells. Only twice a day, they might have certain kind of exercises.
0: So during your time in Green Island prison, what kinds of brainwashing did you receive?
1: No, we received no brainwashing because okay. they, in the beginning, yes, they, they tried. But because of the because of the what is this restrictions, They didn't want us to have any contacts from those uh, the, the old time uh, prisoners with the prisoners in the new time so okay. they didn't oh. want to contact so they, they separate us they don't want you to, to have, two have, different have any
0: opportunity yes. to meet one another so they didn't
1: uh, c- could not carry out the so called uh, the brainwalk. lessons in the same classroom mm. so
0: what what do you think the government were afraid of of old prisoners meeting new prisoners
1: i don't know because uh, during in, in the taiwan prisons because the, the officers and the prisoners are so close together The prisoners managed to pursue those uh, Taiwanese soldiers to work together with them for an escape plan or something like Mm. that. So because they are afraid of that, so they stop us. Mm. After the incident, the Taiwan incident, Mm. we are uh, strictly uh, prohibited to have any contacts with the prisoners. I see. So that's the reason why we do not know much of the prisoners in, with, uh, in, in the others, in other wards. So the first and the second wards would have those people from the 1950s mm. one of the fourth and the fifth would, to get with came from Taipei. So they didn't want the Taipei prisoners, what is mm. the political prisoners, the victims to have any contact with those the, the old time uh, the political prisoners uh, coming from Taiwan.
0: Could you share with us which year were you finally released and what were some quote-unquote conditions that followed?
1: 12 years ended. Really, I wanted uh, to leave this country. They wanted they, uh, what what I wanted them to do for me after yeah, my release. Yeah, they gave you a form. Right? Yes, I filled in the form. I said that please uh, deport me back to my home country, Malaysia. Yeah, I want to leave this to place. Home? But they said no. We couldn't let you go because you knew too much about Taiwan. And then they promised me to, to offer me the ID, ID or uh, found me a job and then uh, give me a uh, gave me a place to stay. But nothing happened. So on the they day lied of my release. They just put me, they just uh, guide me to the main door and said that you can go now. I really didn't know what I should do. I was so shocked. And then I wanted to go back. They said, no, I can't go back to my home country. They stated uh, certainly some, some of the old political prisoners, appeared before me he told me that we have an agreement that he will come to pick me he would come to pick me on the day Mm -hmm. of my release I I totally forget that (laughs) yeah
0: and you also forgot that you had an agreement that after y'all were out you're gonna start a construction company yes yes totally
1: forgot all this (laughs) Actually, we started a a a construction company, Mm -hmm. but uh, three months. Yeah, but uh, it didn't work too
0: well. Yeah, I know that getting an ID card a Simfenzin was an insurmountable challenge for you, and this was everything was on purpose. Not having a ID card, it barred you from pretty much any important thing to have a good life. Could you tell us more?
1: Actually, during that time, it's still under the martial law. Mm. Yeah, I was raised in the yeah. year 1983. It's still under the martial yeah, law. Yeah, so
0: martial law wasn't lifted until 1987. And even after this year, there was still so much notorious legacy.
1: So that I can't do anything because at that time, I still, have, I have, a, I also tried to go back to Green Island to pick up the dogs. I have yeah, those kind follow. of, I uh, was intention, But I was not allowed when I go, yeah. go there. Because no, you don't you have the leave. ID. Yeah. You don't have ID, you have to you show cannot me. You can travel, yeah. You can't travel. For a couple of years, I was homeless. And then uh until the day the, the the martial law was lifted and then the man in the year uh, after three years of one uh struggling for my id i, I finally managed to to get the id and starting from 1988 my life had just uh my new life just began at the time i was already 40 years old i get married married and I have a good family <laughs> and then I, yeah life getting better and better after my marriage.
0: You've been an instrumental person in Taiwan's education and our history um, with martial law and with white terror. I would love to ask for a personal insight. What are some aspects that you think Taiwan has been doing a good job? And also, what are some aspects that we still need a lot of improvement or resources?
1: It's just hard. It's difficult for me to say anything about this because uh, 10 years ago, before uh, before I, get, I went in and uh, to be a witness at the uh, National yeah. Human Rights Museum, yes. we, we knew we knew nothing because at that time of the campaign control, that that prohibited the, peace, the, the the citizens to talk about. The negative sides of what the KMT government has done in Taiwan. Mm. So, most of the senior people, you know, senior people are afraid to say anything. Even though the martial law was lifted in the year 1987, the three temporary Prohibition Act was still existing. Mm. So, until 1992, something happened. Something happened. Then the, the three, uh, what is it, the Prohibition Act, uh, were, were terminated. Then we started to stay, mm. to share our story in public. Before that, we dare not do anything about that. We are still afraid. We were still afraid that if you say something bad about the government, the law was still there. Even the mm. martial law was lifted, right? Yeah. The law was still there. So mm-hmm. we can't risk, take those risks. So mm. we stopped and started uh, telling our story in the year 90- 1992. Yeah, yeah year it's, 1992. it's so recent. Yeah. 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 yeah, So I I started to, to, to tell my story in the year 2009, after, just right after my, my, my retirement mm. from my career. Then I started to be the winners at the, at the lot of, National Human rights Museum at the time it still uh, was uh, preparatory office we started mm-hmm. to help yeah. the preparatory uh, the human rights museum to start yeah. up and because because of uh, when, when the, the when the, the preparatory office was started there was nothing there nothing mm-hmm. there nothing yeah. at all so we gave we helped the uh, what is it the uh, director to get yeah. the information the artifacts to get the oral history or something started to help yeah. you to and build other, it up to yeah. build up during the time we have about 25 or 30 people. Of uh, witnesses. Are good, uh, witnesses are trying to help mm. the, but, but we did a good job. Actually, we did oh, a good <laughs> job. <laughs> we did yeah. a good job. Yeah, and, and, and what,
0: also, yeah. yeah, also listeners, you can go on the official website of the National Human Rights Museum. There are countless videos of. Of people like you are political victims and important witnesses. They detail their story and it's all filmed on a website with both Mandarin Chinese and English subtitles as well. So yes. highly recommend you to go look it up. Yeah. Uh,
1: in the beginning, there are not many of them because they are still afraid oh, yeah. to be arrested. But gradually mm. they learn something about us, what we are trying to do, what we are trying to, to tell the, the, the society. They started to, to agree with us and then they started to help us I started with many many of the university or this is a professors or something like that they started to work with us mm. they, they also told us that in the beginning they are still afraid of uh, my, my provoke, provoking uh, the, the Taiwanese government wow they are still they are uh, in India in their hard mm-hmm. uh, and then but they are willing to, to take the risk yeah I think we are very grateful for those people to help us. Yeah. Today, through the transitional justice, we, we have... Yeah, okay. how is
0: the transitional justice um, oh, yeah. efforts in Taiwan, from your insight?
1: I don't, I, I, I'm not very agreeable to what they have done. They've done, what, what we really needed is, the, is to, to, to show, to review the truth. The mm. truth is not for a single story, it's for not a single person. The truth should be in, 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 in the whole, that uh, why, during the time, Right after the retreat of the KMT government from mainland China to Taiwan, why they didn't want to use a better way uh, to to let the people uh, feel great grateful for them and help them for the so-called return to return to China, hmm. but they use a different way to torture its yeah. people, creating cosmetic authoritarianism, of, yes, yeah. uh, hostility. What I'm writing the book in Chinese and in English, I just hope that the, the young generations can learn from the book that as a political prisoner. Even though we passed through a very, very difficult time, we still managed to, to find our own way. And I hope that they remember that in our life there w- will would not be any problems that, that could not be could not be settled. What what we hope the young generations to learn the lesson from us that mm. the, uh, the hard earned democracy and, and the freedom It didn't came from nothing.
0: Yeah, many people died and there was so much bloodshed and so much bravery so that Taiwan could become how Taiwan is nowadays. And I feel like, okay, (laughs) in a joking, but also with so much foundation, Taiwan is famous for bubble tea, night market, and guess what? Public amnesia. I feel like so many people, they they are so indifferent to this past that wasn't even that long ago. This book is just so... I highly recommend everyone read it, especially since this is in English. I think everyone, you cannot call yourself a Taiwan scholar. You cannot say you've worked extensively in any of the so-called Taiwan think tanks so you know anything about white terror in Taiwan, if you haven't read this book, if, if they haven't read your book. That's my rave review <laughs> of this book. Echoing that, uh, I know in August of 2022, you were the VIP tour guide for um, Nancy Pelosi while she was serving as the speaker of the US House of Representatives um, when she visited Taiwan. She specifically chose to visit our National Human Rights Museum and you were the guide. What interactions did you have with Pelosi that stood out to you?
1: I think really I respected uh, the Madam Pelosi very much because at the time when I met her, she told me that it's a must that she has to come to nation National Human Rights Museum. She respect mm. what the Taiwanese people are doing. So about 25 minutes of my guide, my guide we walked to the red light building, standing in front of the, the meeting room. Uh, she asked a couple of questions. So many I told her that uh, we are very grateful for the American government to uh, are starting uh, to sell us the defensive uh, weapons to strengthen our national de- defense power. But uh, I firmly told her that we need voices. We need a peaceful solutions to keep Taiwan a- a f- away from any conflicts with the side of the straits. I said what we need is a peaceful solution instead of war. And then I told her that our young generations are ready to, to, to protect us by our, our, our own country. But we are not ready to sacrifice any one of our young generations.
0: Honestly, unfortunately, we're not too surprised that basically the U.S. government, especially with whatever is going on, they're not doing a very good job in like setting a good example for, for any country with a democratic system. That's my personal point of view. Uh, but also you mentioned that you, you work a lot with the younger generation here in Taiwan. I know you've been you work with high school students, university students. How do you feel in general? What was the feedback of kids and students when they learn of a personal insight from you learning about the history of white terror in Taiwan?
1: You can see that starting from uh, 10 years after 2011 until 2023, you can see that the changes Oh, really? of, of the society of the community you know that those people that when that learned that they, they learn from us something in the 10, at the ten years ago they're still in this field they're still working very hard do you feel
0: like to, there's a rising sense yes, of care yes, among. Yes, really yes. okay so you're that, hopeful
1: yeah I, i'm very very optimistic that uh, the, the young generations are, are starting to learn something from us yeah. that they, what they want to use their own wisdom to protect yeah the heart and democracy and freedom in Taiwan. Yeah. And then I also urge them that you have to use your own way to, to find and, uh, what you really need for your future. So today is your time. You you have to use your own way to do it. We can't help you anymore, but you know that what you want for your future, mm-hmm. you have to strive for that. Today, what we are missing is the truth, the truth and the, what is so called someone to take the consequences, starting from 1949. Mm-hmm. Who should be responsible for that? It's Good very question. clear. it's very clear actually it's very clear who should be responsible for all that the tragedies at the time but I, I, I just couldn't understand why the government didn't want to end it. We really want to enter the certain kind of conflict between the uh, different kind of race races or different kinds of uh, ideological differences of people no matter you are green or you're red or you're blue, it should be worked to reach, uh, the, all the citizens should yeah, work together for the for the well-being of the public. Yeah,
0: and I I like to share with you an excerpt of a poetry book that I've been reading. The book is called Rivka. It's written by um Palestinian writer Mohammed Akkurd, and the part where he described his grandmother, they lost her family home in Palestine. She said something like, "No matter how deep it drowns, the truth, always washes ashore." Yes, and it cheered me up so much, and I feel like echoing with what you said. I feel like as a younger generation, I was looking forward to talking to you so much is I really hope more people, they know of important histories of wherever they're from and they're willing to listen and, and do something in their own capacity. So before we end today's conversation, any final messages or anyone you like to specifically thank or anything you like to say to wrap up today?
1: No, I just hope for the future that <laughs> all the Taiwanese people, including the world, that they, they should pay more attention to respect the so-called human rights. Human rights, I think, is the basic rights of all people, no matter all what people. he is or who he is. It, they, everyone should respect each other. For myself, mm. I would like to do, to end my life by speaking on the way the importance of human rights. That's yeah. it. I hope the young generation should, should learn something from this, from the last, from the lessons uh, that happened in Taiwan, the so-called White Terror. I hope so, human rights are what I really, really stand for. Not because of my history, not because of my stories, but because of that, I respect that. The human rights should be the most important thing, the priority to be cared for in our in our world.
0: Wow, thank you so, so, so much, Fred, today for for coming. Highly recommend this book, Facing the Calamity, written by this wonderful gentleman here. Again, this is a story of so much gravity, but it's, it's very easy to read. And also the way you describe especially after so much trauma and darkness, how you still find hope and have hope. And you are so noble in especially thanking the, the different strangers who you met along the way, who in their own way helped you. And you're also spreading the love and respect to everyone you meet. It's just beautiful. And it's an, it's an honor to, to be sitting right across from you today.
1: It's my honor as well. Thanks.
0: That is a wrap of my interview with Fred. And make sure to check out RTI English Instagram at RTI English for more video highlights. See you there.